Morning, church. So good to be with you this morning. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Zach, and I have the joy of being campus pastor here at this church. You guys doing well? Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in this place. Thank you for spending your Sunday with us and with God. Heavenly Father's here. He chose to be here, and thank you for choosing to be here as well. We honor you today. Uh, We continue in our teaching series uh, called NUMA, The Indispensable Role of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to focus in on the spiritual gifts, the spiritual gifts. But before we jump in, as mentioned, as you guys know, uh, we just had tag camp as a church, and it was awesome. Some of our students are recovering from their sleep deprivation (laughs) and sunburns and all that stuff. But our hearts are full, right? Our hearts are full with memories. Something really substantial happened these last few days, and it's going to affect the rest of our lives. And so Rachel and I had the privilege of being there and kind of witnessing it unfold. Um, Funny enough, when the the buses that picked up all of our students were like a little bit late, right? And then we were supposed to start at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, but the students weren't there because the buses were late. And so the buses were late. There are some air conditioning issues going on, right? People getting flooded from the air conditioner. We're not going to get that, 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 that bus business any, next year. We're, not, we're skipping over that one. But so we're getting there, and we're waiting, and it's like, okay, are the, are the students even going to get here? And lo and behold, they get in, and it's late, though. And so the, the, the worship band's waiting for them. And you see all the students come up and just basically swarm the stage with so much electricity. It didn't matter that they'd been dripped on by an AC unit the whole time and that they're running late. And there was a kind of a frenzy. It was just like, we are here and we are expectant to meet Jesus and have some fun. And I feel like that was the tone of of camp. And it just kind of like was this, this thread of excitement and of this meaningful kind of like, we are here for the real thing and we're gonna have a blast doing it. The worship was, was awesome. The teaching was good. Uh, our teaching staff didn't hold back. We started to t- teach, how should we think in this post-truth era that we live in where everything is relative, right? With, when deconstruction is, is upon us, how do we think about these things? And then we also had a lot of fun, right? Water games, uh, building relationships. And also, in all of that, Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, was moving among all of the students, He is so familiar with all of their stories, all of your stories, my story. And he does things, and he moves with precision and with sweetness, with gentleness, to kind of allow us to be dislodged from things we depend on instead of God. And the fruits of this, or the gifts of the Spirit were were happening at camp. And it was awesome to see uh, words of knowledge. We're going to talk about this. Words of knowledge about this this young lady's uh, past, about being hurt. Um, words of knowledge about the future for this young man, these things that are kind of like awaken the human heart to like, God is real. How did you know that? I didn't even tell anyone I was going to that college, like stuff like that um, or around here. So the fruits of the, or I keep saying that, the, the gifts of the spirit were evident and Jesus was glorified. He was glorified and the Holy Spirit was moving with like what I kind of picked up was this fresh wind. And hopefully, we're going we're gonna to have, some of our students are here, we're going to open up the, the platform for some testimonies. Maybe some of the students, if they get bold, they're going to share some of the ways that God met them and then 
release that in faith, but also for you guys, if there's, in a general way, if God's been moving in your life, or if we want to give room for the activity of the gifts of the Spirit. So we're going to have that. I just want to preface that. It's going to be awesome. So as mentioned, we are in this teaching series called Numa. All right, Numa, and it comes from the Greek word for spirit. Um, ruach is the Hebrew, and Numa is the Greek, and it means spirit. It also means breath, and it also means wind. The Holy Spirit, it's like a built-in illustration through the scriptures and through God's language, a built-in illustration of what the Holy Spirit does, right? He is the life bringer. He brings spiritual oxygen. Everyone take a deep breath in. And now, this is an illustration of the power of the Holy Spirit to our spirit. He is the provider of life. And all throughout the scripture, the word affirms that the Holy Spirit is just that. He is the provider and catalyst of new life. And so just like we did, I think, last week, let's go through a lightning round here of ways that the Holy Spirit brings new life. First off, the Holy Spirit breathed into Adam. He breathed into his nostrils and he became a living being. This is Genesis 2. In in the creation story, the Holy Spirit hovered over the chaos of the world, right? The unformed creation hovered over it and brought order and life over the world. The Holy Spirit gave life to the valley of dry bones and into the human heart. The Holy Spirit was the life giver of the conception of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit gave resurrection life to Jesus after his death on the cross, brought him back to life. The Holy Spirit gives new life according to John 3. We were, we've taught from this that we must be born again, born of the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that does that. The Holy Spirit enables us to be free from living from the bondage of sin and death. We talked about that last week. And now the Holy Spirit, he is the presence and power of God here on earth. He is the presence of the Father. He is the presence of Jesus here on earth. And he desires to work in us and partner with us through many means. But one of them that I want to talk about today is his spiritual gifts. So he works through us in spiritual giftings by his grace to bring new life and edification to the church. So in our short time together, not long, maybe three hours, 45 minutes, Cancel your reservations. This is going all day. No, I'm just kidding. It'll probably be shorter, actually. Today, I want to talk about spiritual gifts um, empowered by the, by the Holy Spirit. You know, I think it's really important for us to recognize a couple things. As I was praying about this topic, I was like, oh, just like a, a minor topic of spiritual gifts, right? Let's talk about it in 20 minutes. Yeah, good luck. But I do think that we can, we'll have an opportunity to kind of survey what the spiritual gifts are. But as we do that, I want us to remember a couple things, all right? particularly about the gifts, and it also applies to general Christian life. And these things were highlighted to me. The first one is God is good. God is good. And I feel like we know this. It's elemental to us. Yeah, God is good. But there are parts of us that are almost like we we reserve. Like I don't know if I'm going to trust you that much because I'm not really quite sure if you're that good. And so I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to trust my own mechanisms of reliance. But God is good. And I feel like today, let's just be reminded, let's have a fresh revelation of the Father's heart, that he is good, he is for you in the midst of your trials and your struggles, God is good. Secondly, God desires to speak to you. He does. How many of you guys know God wants to speak to you, right? 
prayer is more than just talking to God, it's talking with God. And I think so easy, it's, for, it's so easy to like kind of uh, resort to my relationship with God like just a series of text messages. Like, God, would you be with me today? <laughs> I, need, I need help with this. Bring protection, send, right? Instead of it being like this intimate dialogue and connection, and like, I, I, that wouldn't work with my relationship with my wife. I just like these, this monodirectional thing, let me just send her an email and hope that it happens. No, we are intimately connected in relationship. God desires to speak to you. And this idea of God speaking in his voice is the foundation of the spiritual gifts, right? It's like, God, what are you already doing? And then how do you want me to participate with that? And so would you speak to my heart? Would you lead me? Would you convict me? Would you inspire me? Would you give me words of wisdom? Would you speak to my heart? So this is the foundation. And then third is he desires to partner with us. He desires to partner with us. He desires to collaborate with us. A motif throughout the scriptures is that God desires for us to be in partnership with him. And it's not just like a business partner, let me just co-sign on this, but he wants to like, let's brainstorm, let's partner, collaborate with what I am doing. He is working in love and power in our day. And if there's any a time that we need the love and power of God, it is now. And he, he desires, he's allowed his church to be the emissaries of that partnership. And so also with that, one of the ways that this works out is through the spiritual gifts, right? And also one more reminder as we, before we jump in here, the things we do in our Christian life or in partnership with God are not products of our willpower, right? Sometimes I think it's like, if I, I just work harder, if I just was more devoted or something like that, that's not how it works. It's not the, the product of our willpower, but rather his will and power working through us, right? It's not our own willpower, but his will and his power working in and through our hearts. Amen? Let's jump in here. Joel chapter 2. Let's kind of tee things up. We're going to start with this prophecy in the prophetic book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. Let's read that. I will pour out my spirit, spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. How many of you guys know that we are living in those days? God has poured out his spirit and he continues to pour out his spirit. Are we attentive to him? Let's pray and we'll jump into it a little bit. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We dedicate this day to you. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Abba. We thank you for your good heart towards us, your unconditional, matchless love. Thank you, Jesus, uh, for just showing us the way. And Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts? Would you continue to pour out your presence? Let this be more than the cerebral, but spiritual, truly holistic. Speak to our hearts and let us leave changed. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. You know, um, I remember this one day when I was growing up in school. I think it was um, maybe six or so, seven. Maybe I was in elementary school. Uh, maybe a little bit older, seven. And I remember having this Batman costume with, like, full-on mask, breastplate, and, like, cape. And I loved it. And I remember asking my mom, 
can I wear this to school? And she's like, no, you idiot. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> Just kidding. She would never say that. She was a really good mom. She's like, of course, <laughs> if you want to. So I wore it, I remember being in class, like doing math, just full on garb, like just looking people right in the eye, just like staring at them, what? Uh, and then the next day being like kind of hung over from the idea that I just did that, I was like, what did I do? I'm not doing that ever again. Uh, but I remember there's, there's this like allure about this idea of being Batman or being a superhero. I think there's something in the human heart that longs for superpowers or for special gifts, right? We're just kind of drawn to it and hurts. And I think that's partly why superhero movies do so well, right? It just does so well. Just over the, I looked this up yesterday, just over the course of over, just over a decade, the Marvel movies have grossed over $18 billion. $18 billion and basically revolutionized the movie kind of industry and how to do franchises, and it's the, gro the highest grossing franchise in history. It's just wild that this little comic book company turns into this studio and now is setting the tone for all movies moving forward into the future. It's just wild. Why are superhero elements and, and these special powers and these gifts such a generator of interest and therefore money? Well, I think it's because there's something inside of us that longs for this supernatural power. Because God actually destined for us to have it. God has actually destined for us to carry his supernatural power. We have been destined to be carriers of God himself. Sometimes I say that and I'm like, do we even really realize that the creator of all things dwells inside of us along with his perfect love and his supernatural powers? We've been destined for this. The world doesn't even know it, but that's why they're drawn to these things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Uninformed. I feel like many of us, if we're honest, are sort of uninformed when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. I think we all can grow in this. And uninformed, what, this is what it, it means kind of in the context, is not having or showing full awareness or understanding. Right? I imagine we can all grow in this. I know I can. And the understanding and awareness of how does God work in through us by his grace and power? How does he outwork this, the work of the Spirit? How does he manifest that? It's like, well, we're still kind of learning what that means. And so with that, I want to break down, in, in our short time together, I want to break down these gifts, okay, and in, in the broad categories of it. And this is definitely like just scratching the surface. It's just an introduction. This is big picture, but I believe that it's going to be really helpful, all right? So generally speaking, there are three kinds of spiritual gifts, three kinds of spiritual gifts. Everyone say gift. Yes. Awesome. Number one is ministry or leadership or gifts of office. Number two is motivational or service gifts. And number three are manifestation or power gifts. And all believers, all believers have access to these gifts in a variety of ways, in various ways. So let's look at all these separately real quick. You guys with me? This is good stuff. What is available to us? What power is available? Let's jump in. First one is ministry gifts, ministry gifts. So when Jesus came, he came to show us what a new humanity should look like. 
and what kingship looks like and what it really means to be an image bearer of Yahweh. And so he showed us through his life, through his, his ways, his service, through his teaching about the kingdoms. And then he dies on the cross for our sin, defeats death itself, puts, gets put in the grave and is resurrected. Amen. And then after that, he kind of hung out with some of his followers for a while. But then, then what? what? What happened after that? He ascended. He ascended into heaven to be at the right hand of the Father. But when he ascended, he gave five specific ministry gifts to the body of believers to be strengthened, to be equipped, and to be matured. And each of these gifts reveal a part of Jesus, our Lord. This is what these ministry gifts kind of showcase, is parts of our Lord. And these gifts are really designed, it's something we can really grow in a lot in our church, and in the church, the capital C church, but these, needs, these gifts need to operate together in teamwork, together to then reveal the complete image of Jesus Christ. So in Ephesians, this, we get this from Ephesians chapter 4, verse, verse 7. Let's read, start with verse, verse 7 and then jump into 11. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the, edif- for, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I love how opulent Paul is with his language. It's just so fulsome with the way he describes things. But in here, this is also referred to as fivefold ministry. Has anyone heard of fivefold ministry? Yeah, a few of us. Fivefold ministry, this is just like taking this and being, hey, this is actually what the structure of our church should kind of look like with these fivefold uh, ministry gifts. So God graciously empowers us to serve and to lead and to help and support and equip each other through these gifts, through Christ and by his spirit. And so just for, for clarity, here, here they are. The fivefold ministry groups. This is the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And so the apostle, kind of like I'm going to suitcase this and just kind of make it as compact as possible because you can write a whole book on each of these things. But the apostles, like, kind of like drive is to raise up leaders. Like their heart are for other leaders, and their heart is also to pioneer new things, new ministries, new churches. These are church planners. These are, these are the leadership in missionaries, in missionary organizations. These are, these are the apostles. They're overseers. They have a drive. Let's go. Let's expand the kingdom of God. He's at work. And then the prophets, the prophet's heart is, what is the Lord saying now? <laughs> like, yeah, we have all these things to do, but what's God saying? Let's, are we attentive to him? Are we practicing intimacy? Are we living in such a way that is consecrated so that we can hear him more clearly? What is the Lord saying? Ev- evangelists, their heart is, but what about the lost? We have a whole world dying out there. What about the lost? The pastor's heart is for the people of God. Are we protecting and feeding our people? Are we, are we equipping them for the works of the ministry? Right? And then the teacher, their, their heart is, is for the truth of the scripture. But are we standing on the truth, the timeless, authoritative uh, word of God? Are we, are we teaching it in a way that it's... it's applicable to our life, these are some of the burdens, right? So as I say that, is there one that you're like, hmm, that's kind of like, I feel kind of drawn to that, right? I see some heads shaking, yes. 
That's probably a hint that you operate in that gift or in that, that office. And also, like, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like tantalized by that. There's something about this that I really, yes, I'm always thinking about the lost, like, oh, the evangelist office. And there's also, there's times when it might, might be a tell is like, man, I'm, I just like, I just, let me put it this way. When you have a propensity to criticize people like that, that's also a hint because you're like, oh, I could do it better. You know, like you have, you have eyes for that. And so it's like, if you feel called, if, if, you, if, if you're like called to it, or if you feel like, oh, I'm criticizing this, this might be just pointers. Um, I feel like I, I have a pastor's heart, but a lot of the way I function and lead is through like the, the office of prophecy. Like that's, and I, and I hate that it's been so misused. Like it, it grieves me. Like I feel like it's, it's shameful the way that it's been misused in the church. But I, I have a heart, like what's the Lord saying? And I also have this evangelistic heart, like I just can't help but um, care for the lost. But I just, I just dream of our church functioning from this place. Like I just, it's, it's not just the pastoral team or whatever, it's you guys. And our job is actually, like, if you have this, this call, like, oh, now I'm actually called, I feel like, apostolic. Your call is to raise up other apostolic leaders. And vice versa, and, like, that goes with all of them. I just long for us to, to work from that. I think we're moving in that direction. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5, it says, there are, dif- there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. This is all a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. The second one um, are motivational these are the spiritual gifts of motivational gifts, or also known as service gifts. But kind of like a caveat to service gifts, all of these are service gifts. But this is kind of like what drives me to, to kind of like serve in this capacity. We get this from Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I love these. It's so good to just be aware. Am I living conscious of these gifts that God has given to us? And so to clearly list this out, this is the seven motivational gifts. Prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, Giving, leading, showing mercy. So this is basically like a, a, a motivational gift is the underlying driving force that causes you to do, do the things you do and why. And so to understand our, our motivational gifts will aid in seeing like, what has God called me to? Who, like, how does this add to my, how does this accompany my identity in Christ? How can I love God um, and love other people? And I think many of us are living like we just have a screwdriver and we're like doing all of our work with a screwdriver, but God wants to give you a power drill. And so this is, we need to be aware of these things because there's a way better do it, way better way to do it. And it's with God and his power and intimacy and surrender to him. Amen. And I asked Rachel uh, this week, I was like, what do you think my, my, my motivational gifts are? And I had my own kind of like idea of it, and uh, she nailed it. She just nailed it. So my, my natural impulse is to be encouraging uh, to things of prophecy and then showing mercy. Those are the ways that I, that I kind of like serve and um, serve others. But I think that 
We should lean into our gifts and lean into our strengths, but we should be rounded. I want to be a servant. I want to teach well. I want to be a person marked by generosity and giving, and I want to lead well. This is the way we can approach that. Amen? Next one is uh, the manifestation gifts. I wouldn't say manifestation. Manifestation. That's good. These are the spiritual gifts of power. I mean, all of these are works of power, but this is kind of like a manifestation display, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. And these, these gifts are controversial. Like, have you ever seen, like, just these weird things <laughs> in the church? And it's just like, kind of like gives the church and gives these gifts a bad name. They tend to be over-sensationalized and overly criticized. But when they do that, they therefore disqualify themselves from enjoying it. And they live life without these things, and it's just, it kind of grieves me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says, we're going to read this in a second, but it says, God gives to each of us, not just some. This means everyone. This means everyone. So I really want to remind you guys that this is not like just for some elite, you know, Green Beret Christian. That's, there's, there's no such thing. That's just Jesus. You all have the opportunity to have gifts. You all have opportunity to hear from the Father to partner with what he's doing in our generation, in our cultural moment. So I just, I just pray that you can hear that. You have, you have the opportunity and the access to these things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, let's read that. So this is where we get these power gifts. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message, other translations say word of wisdom, another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, by the same spirit, to other gifts of healing by the one spirit, to other miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he uh, distributes them to each one just as he determines." And so the supernatural demonstration of the Holy Spirit is to serve and to minister to each other. And when we operate in this, like I've seen it happen, like hearts are just wide open to the gospel. Like it's just like, wow, I'm being like, I'm just in awe. And now my heart is receptive to hear the most important thing is that Jesus loves you and he's died for you in the gospel, right, in the kingdom of God. And so just to list this out again for clarity, the nine manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit are, are as follows, and it's a message of wisdom. This is also, in our language, I, we, I tend to say word of wisdom, a message of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of those tongues. And so just kind of, bullet phone really quick, like words of wisdom is like, okay, we're getting this supernatural impartation of how to apply the truth of, of what God is saying, either in his word or from, from prophecy, into your life, right? And then the, a word of knowledge is like, out of nowhere, you just have this, God is speaking, he is all-knowing, right? And so he gives you information about someone or about a situation that you otherwise couldn't know, and you have this supernatural impartation of knowledge, I've seen this operated, and I just like I'm just blown away. It's incredible. And then there's faith, and this is not just like everyone to be a follower, a Christ follower, you need faith. But this is a special gift of faith, where it's like you have just the spiritual certainty of hope 
right? You just have a certainty about an outcome, about a situation. It's, and it's not just like mental assuredness or, or mental strength. Like I'm just, you know, it's, it's something deeper than that. And then gifts of healing, it's self-explanatory, but these things are operational. And um, God loves to just not just heal from his vantage point. He likes to heal through us, which is just such a cool thing that our father does. The miraculous powers, I've seen this stuff happen. Um, obviously, the biblical examples are the best. Uh, Jesus walking on the water, Jesus multiplying the, the bread and the fish, all these things are miraculous, powers calming the storm. Um, I, I, I listened to an interview with Francis Chan. Uh, you guys know him? Yeah. And uh, he was doing some work in San Francisco, and he was trying to like, get all this food to give to these like, families and some, some houseless and homeless people. And their, their ministry, like, for some reason, they couldn't get the food that they needed, but they had the event. And so as the story goes, he's like talking in his office and he, or praying in his office and they're pleading with God, would you, would you work a miracle here? And he literally during the prayer gets a phone call from Trader Joe's and they're like, yeah, our freezer just broke and we need to get rid of all this food. Do you want to take it? And they literally shipped all of that food to them and they gave it away. These are like, these are acts of miraculous power. Uh, it's alive and well. We just need to be receptive and expecting it. Prophecy. Prophecy sounds really like, whoa, it's prophecy. But at the same time, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just like hearing from God, sensing from God, and then speaking it out. It's not prophecy unless you actually speak it out. The problem with prophecy, though, God is inerrant in the things he says. But we are often in error in the way we interpret it and apply it. That's where it normally gets all funky. It's like God, God knows what he's doing. His, what he's saying is truthful but I'm interpreting it wrong or I'm applying it wrong. That happens all the time. And so we need to learn to discern together how to interpret together and then apply it together. Distinguishing of spirits. This is an interesting one. Uh, Rachel and I actually, we kind of operate in that quite a bit, but it's just like, is this an angel or is this a demon? Is this like from hell or is this from heaven? What's, what's the underlying motive with this? Like, is this, is this a, 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 a demonic strategy or is this... God leading, right? And so we're able to uh, distinguish between the two. And it's really important in ministry to be able to have that. (laughs) Um, It also is this gift that I want to grow in as well and that I want us all to grow in. And it's like just being more aware of the spiritual realm. Like we are just, we live from our our mind or from our flesh. But God's, but Paul says that spiritual realm is actually more real than the natural. And so this is um, distinguishing between spirits. And then the speaking of tongues this is your prayer language, of like a heavenly prayer language. Uh, this is the Holy Spirit praying through you. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, there is not one thing in my life that I can say is more edifying to my spiritual walk than speaking in tongues. I pray in my prayer language, and it, it's like scaffolding that comes around my soul and builds me up from the inside out because it's the Holy Spirit praying inside of you and through you all the things that I should be probably praying, and I just don't know how. And he even does it, does it in moans, like the scriptures say. And so we're going to talk a little, a little bit more about that next week. I know it's surrounded by so much controversy, and I just, I, I, that also grieves me. Um, I didn't grow up um, a continuationist. I say that word instead of charismatic or Pentecostal because those things are preloaded with a lot of like, bad things sometimes. But I believe in the continuation of the Holy Spirit's activity. Yes. We just do. And so we want to talk about... Uh, what prayer language is, and then interpretation of, of tongues. And so if there's ever a public 
uh, prayer in, in, in tongues, which I don't know if we're there yet, but we would wait until there's interpretation. That's what the scriptures teaches us. We're not going to go crazy. So if you have questions about any of this stuff, I'm here for it. Um, I've studied a lot about this. I don't have all the answers, but I'd love to journey. What does the scripture say? Right? Let's not do gymnast- like biblical gymnastics to work our way around this. No, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And it's, it's all just empowered love, by the way. It's just for the cause of the kingdom, bring God's goodness to our day. You know, I, uh, Rachel and I, we were missionaries for a season. And I remember being in Cambodia, Thailand, and seeing miraculous things happen, seeing healings happen. And I, I don't, I, I'm always confused. Like, why, why is that stuff so much more prevalent over there than here? I see, I've seen some healings in America, but it's less. It's like there's a stronghold of cynicism and skepticism and, like, unbelief that, like, locks up the spiritual gifts on the Western Hemisphere. I'm not sure why exactly, but when and you go to Southeast Asia and this stuff is just happening. People being healed. I saw people's eyes be healed. My, people's, like, backs being restored. My back was, was restored. I had this, this injury, and I was, like, going to this Thai church, and I was like, does anyone pray for healing here? And they're like... Yeah, yeah, we do. But there, this guy really has a lot of faith for it. You should go and talk to him. And he was, he was actually an American missionary that was there long term. And he like prayed over me. And he was like, he said this language. I just I'll always remember it. It's not an incantation. It's faith and trust in God. It's not about what you say. But I remember it just being powerful. And he's like, I just pray for the activity of the kingdom to take place in Zach's back right now. And it was just like, and then I was like, it's almost better. And then he prayed a second time. And then he prayed a third time. And it was totally better. Like, totally better. And I had always wrestled with it, with, like, faith for healing. But I couldn't deny it. It was in my own body. I remember just weeping. Like, just being like, I can't believe this is happening to me. This is undeniable. You know, there's this other quick story I want to share. Uh, I had just got to Cambodia, and there was a, a YWAM-based Youth with a Mission, this missionary organization's base. And out of that base, they did, like, they taught English. They helped uh, with orphanages and a bunch of other things. And we had this leaders, like everyone who was on staff there uh, had this worship night, right? And I just got there. And during this worship night, I felt like I got a word of knowledge, a message of knowledge that there was like terrible dissension happening in the base and that the leadership were like, well, there was like a, fra- uh, a faction happening in the, in the leadership and that there was a lot of like um, division. And I'm like, oh gosh, like, is this, God, is this you? And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I just got here. Um, and then they open it up for people to, like, share. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, God. And I, and I you know, I, I'm not, even though I kind of communicate for a living, but I'm actually not the one who normally goes up. Like, back in, the, in missions, like, I, I wasn't always the guy who would go up to the microphone, right? I was just like, so I felt like I couldn't deny the word. I couldn't get it off my heart. And I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go do it. And I shared it with the whole group and the whole community. I had no idea if they were going to just, like, condemn me or whatever. Like, why would you speak that over us? You know, like, we're fine. But, in fact, it was from the Lord, and they discerned it together. And there was, like, this, like, the Holy Spirit fell. The conviction fell on our worship night. And I remember just kind of being, like, in it, but also not really in it because I, like, I was just like, what is going on? And while I was sharing about the the this disunity that was happening in the leadership and the pride that was happening in, this, in, the, in the leadership, I got this word, or I had this, like, vision of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And I just, I just started to speak that, like, 
just the Last Supper and then him washing his disciples' feet and was like the humility and service of the Messiah to those who, who have betrayed him and those who would betray him and that we need to be a people who serve and go low. And they were like, <laughs> it was so wild. They actually were, were so, um, the stewardship of that leadership was fantastic. I mean, they, they came and took heed of that word and actually went right in that moment and got some basins and some towels and started to wash and they decided to wash to act it out, act out the word and wash each other's feet. And it was just so powerful. Um, this stuff is available to us. Um, I don't know how you receive these stories or how you receive like, we are constantly in this like ebb and flow of like, Lord, would you champion my faith? Would you like stir up my faith for these things? Would you help me to, to, to use reason, but also trust what your word says, right? Would you, would you help me in my unbelief? And so on your, on your journey, this is, what, this is what's available to us and also what we're working through, and I get that. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. I just love the way that, that Paul, the, the author of this, he couches these two things together, these two huge realities. Pursue love and earnestly or eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. I think these things are sort of reflection, reflections of each other, or at least the, the gifts are an outflow of love. We're going to kind of move to a close here, and I want to kind of just spend the last little bit of our time to, like, talk about the necessity of both of these things together. You know, I, I dream, I don't know about you, but I dream of being at church, like, coming to church, coming to, together as a church community, and having a deep sense of expectancy to encounter God, and that his love will pour out, and that his gifts and his power will pour out. Does anyone else want that? I want that. And it's not that we turn into a circus. No, we, we do things with order. God is a God of order. But he is also a God of love and power. And I just, I'm certain, I have a faith that we will continue to grow in the gifts of the Spirit and mature in these things. I just believe it. And so if you, if you want that, um, stick around. I guarantee it's going to be awesome. However, in all of that, though, I must say and declare that our highest goal is always going to be love. Our highest goal will always be love. It's love. We will always be a people of love. First love to God and sacrificial love to each other. It's all about love. If you're wondering what it's all about, there it is. You know, when, when love and power come together, you have empowered love. <laughs> I just feel like that's what we need right now. We need empowered love. There is so much darkness. There is a war of anxiety plaguing us. We need empowered love. God wants to do a mighty work in and through us. And it's going to be this, this marriage of love and power. Let's close with this, with this verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is the, quickly in the context here is Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and they're operational in all of the gifts. 
He says, you're working in all of the gifts. So he's ready, he's running with this notion, this presupposition that they're working in all this. And I think we're gonna get there, but, it, but it's still a good reminder that love is central. So he says this, 13 verse one, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have the faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all of my possession to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have, but do not have love, I gain nothing. In verse four, love is patient, love is kind does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails, amen. I wanted to kind of shift um, our posture here. Thank you for um, kind of going on this journey uh, with the spiritual gifts. But I wanted to maybe just allow some of this stuff to go, kind of seep into the corners of our heart and just kind of go into a moment of, of ministry. So just kind of like to preface, uh, two weeks ago, um, we had some testimonies. Anyone there for that? Wasn't that awesome? And some people got to share from their hearts and from the way that God was working in their life uh, through cancer, um, through, through their daily life, just like making mistakes and knowing that God is bigger than our mistakes. And some even like words of encouragement and prophecy over Pastor Luke and like things like that, which is like speaking life. And all of, all of that stuff edifies us and it stirs our hearts. Um, and so I kind of wanted to just make, make a little bit of room at the end here for some of that. All right, and if any of the students want to talk about how God met them, but no pressure. So let's just start off. Let's just pray and welcome um, an awareness of God and his presence and the Holy Spirit. So maybe just close your eyes. Maybe open up your hands just to kind of change our posture to receive, to be open. And so Jesus, we adore you. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're mighty. There's fire in your eyes. You're full of conviction and compassion. We give you all of the glory. We magnify your name. Be lifted up in this place. And we thank you, Lord, for sending the Holy Spirit. You've not left us on our own, but you've, you've given us the Holy Spirit, your very presence and power. And so would you move in this place, God? Would you teach us how to be your people? Help us to be the real church, the true church. And not some kind of weird, like, elite way, but we just want to be authentic to the scripture and be yielded to you, God. And all those who are just carrying burdens, carrying fatigue, carrying uh, ailment, would you come and kind of hover over us like you did the waters? Bring order to our bodies. Right now, bring order to our bodies, bring order to our mind, bring order to our emotions, to all the things we're 
we're considering and holding about our families, about our future, about our finances, about the next season. We thank you, Lord, that you are smiling at us, that we can pray from heaven. Our status is chosen, free, innocent. And so would you speak to us in this place? We're listening.